From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. What's coming up in the wonderful world of amateur radio? Well, the Winter VHF UHF Field Day happens June 21 and 22 and John VK3KM dropped us a note last night to say that the board of the WIA has decided that the next field day should be run with two alternate sets of rules. The existing grid-based scoring will still apply but there will also be a second set of rules with scoring based on distance. Complete details in the text edition. Speaking of contests, the latest round of updates to the WIA contest champion put last year's winner, VK2PR Peter Richardson, tied with the 2012 winner, VK4SN Alan Shannon. Also on 200 points are VK1DA Andrew Davis and VK5KK David Minchin. VK4OE Doug Friend is on 180 and then VK1WJ Walters Jurgens and VK6IR Stephen Chamberlain. What with next weekend's VHF UHF Field Day and the Remembrance Day contest in August, this will bring out more scoring opportunities for those chasing the title. Rounding out the year will be the Oceana SSB, the CW contests and another VHF spring event. At this stage, it's anybody's contest to win. Odds are shortening on the outsider from VK6, but the surprise packet could yet come from the eastern states. So to take part in the field day, again, full details of the contest rules were published in May Amateur Radio magazine and on the contest page on the WIA website, wia.org.au. That's next weekend, so hop to it. Also next weekend is the Museums Weekend Part 2, and that weekend and this will see VK3YSP and VK3FOWL operating from the grounds of the Melbourne Museum. Who listens to radio? VK4FKDB, VK4FKDB and VK4SRB. VK3 Alpha Hotel Yankee. VK3 Delta Mike X Ray. VK2 WAZ. Hello, I'm Graham VK4BB. Over this weekend and next, more than 80 museums, including four here in Australia, are in the International Museums Weekend. At the Melbourne Museum in Carlton, both weekends, a well-equipped portable station run by Joe VK3YSP and Julie VK3FOW. In WA this weekend will be VK6WH at the Apple Cross Wireless Hill Museum. The following Saturday, the 21st, VK6ARG at the Shipwreck Galleries Museum, Fremantle. Here in Queensland at the Caboolture Historical Village, the Caboolture Radio Club, VK4QD. An article aired on ABC Radio has been about an extraordinary collection of antique radios from the 20s to the 60s that cover five decades of changed communication, entertainment and design. Kevin Dixon, VK4IW, was invited last year to turn off the analogue TV at Channel 7 Brisbane and he was interviewed, along with a fellow enthusiast and veteran Norm Smith. It was on an historical radio show that they asked for donations of antique radios. Now, as a result, more than 100 radios are at the Tweed Regional Museum for carefully cleaning and conservation. The collection goes on public display when the $3 million refurbished museum in Mwilumbar reopens August. 
VK2 and Summerland Club email addresses down indefinitely. The latest Sark newsletter says the hosting of the website and the email service are under review with a change of ownership of the Sark domain. In the meantime, if you want to contact anybody on the committee, send your message to chris, vk2acd at wia.org.au and it will be forwarded on for you. A technical day provided by Amateur Radio New South Wales at the Dural site with lectures on the operation of ballons and practical construction of a ballon from a kit is going to happen on June 29. Bookings are needed for the course and to reserve a kit. Send an email to ballon at arnsw.org.au to register for that big day, the NSW Ballon Construction Day, June the 29th, and it is a Sunday. In VK3, a standard bridging course for those already with a foundation licence is held every Wednesday night from July the 2nd to August the 6th. Assignments are on Sunday, August the 10th. More information or to enrol, contact Barry Robinson. His email address is vk3pv at amateurradio.com.au. The Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest will be held on the 19th of July at the Cranbourne Community Hall on the corner of Clarendon Street and High Street in Cranbourne, Melway Map 113K4. This year's Hamfest looks like being the best ever with a high demand for the 44 tables that are on offer. New and used amateur radios, test equipment and lots of used electronic parts and hardware will be on sale. There's bound to be something there at a price you can't resist. As usual, tea, coffee and hot food will be available when the doors open at 10am. Pre-purchase your $6 entry ticket and you'll get one free door prize ticket. You can purchase additional door prize tickets during the Hamfest. You might be this year's lucky ticket holder. It will be great to see all of you there, even if if it's to catch up with your mates for a good chat while enjoying a hot cup of coffee and a barbecued snag. This is Bruno Tonizo, VK3BFT, for the Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club. See you on the 19th. Thanks, Bruno. Now, interested in operating portable? Organisers of the Masterclass Portable to be held in Ashburton in Melbourne's east next month have attracted plenty of interest from would-be portable operators. Some who already enjoy this growing activity will offer their tips to show how easy a transceiver, battery and antenna can be set up to work local or DX stations, engage in contests and chase operating awards. The free session is Saturday, July the 19th at Ashburton. Attendance is limited and requires an RSVP. Please contact Tony Hamling, Victor Kilo 3, Victor Tango Hotel. Gipstech 2014, now is the time to register. It is only a month until the annual Gipstech conference to be held at Churchill in Victoria. The main conference will be on Saturday and Sunday, July 12 and 13. The focus is on weak signal communications, especially at VHF, UHF and microwaves. You do not need to be an expert. Everyone comments on how much they have learnt regardless of their level of technical knowledge. There are a number of presentations, including Doug VK3UM discussing factors that impact on EME communications. Rex VK7MO and Rhett VK3GHZ describe the results of their experiments at propagation beyond line of sight across Bass Strait. Alan VK3XPD and David VK3HZ outline how they extended the VK distance record on 78 gigahertz. Roger VK2ZRH will discuss the challenges that Australian amateurs may face as the ACMA reviews our LCD and the Spectrum plan. And Ralph VK3WRE will describe 
how to modify surplus TV transmitter modules to make a 250 watt solid state power amplifier for 70 centimetres for less than a dollar per watt, including the power supply. Social activities include an informal dinner gathering on Friday evening, a conference dinner on Saturday night, and the usual tea and coffee breaks and lunches both days. It's not just about the amateurs, we also run a partners program during the day on Saturday and Sunday. There are sure to be more highlights, but remember to register before July 4. Details and the registration form can be found at the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club website, www.vk3bez.org. Just follow the links to Gibstech. And please remember, only one amateur per registration form. This is Conference Chair Peter VK3PF on behalf of VK3BEZ for VK1WIA. From VK3 up to VK4 on this Tuesday, June 17, the Tark Social Evening happens at the Club Rooms atop SES Headquarters, Green Street, West End, from 7.30pm. All are welcome. Be there. Around the 150 MHz spot, you'll hear the fast food chains and folk ordering their takeaways. But one VK4 club seems to have gotten in on the act. Hi, it's Ray, VK4 Charlie Fox from the Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club Incorporated. Now, as members know, John VK4BZ has been uh, cooking a tasty sausage sizzle before each monthly meeting night. Now, don't forget, members who wish to pre-order their sausage sizzle on the way to the club, well, just place your order via the club's repeater. Mm, Yes, I will have fries with that. West Australia's longest-running amateur radio swap meet, party and get-together is the NCRG Hamfest, and it's on again this year. You'll have to block out Sunday the 3rd of August and travel to the Cyril Jackson Community Rec Centre on Fisher Street in Ashfield to participate. Doors open at 9am. If you've got something to sell, you can start setting up from 7.30. Tables are free, but admission is $5 for everyone. There'll be the traditional beef rolls and plenty of other goodies to eat and drink. The homebrew contest will be on again and we have some fantastic raffle prizes. So far we have a Yesu FT817ND and a Waxon handheld, donated by Timberden Plant Hire, with plenty of other prizes to be won. We're looking forward to welcoming the West Australian Association of Men's Sheds as an exhibitor. Festivities conclude at 12.30. Make sure you're there for the raffle draw. Sunday, August 3rd, the annual NCRG Hamfest. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, nine days from September 28. Manly Warringah Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September 20. WIA Remembrance Day ADRD Contest, August 16 and 17. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. SGARS 80 Meter Trophy Contest, July 26. June 21-22 Winter VHF UHF Field Day Weekend. Thanks to NERG and VK3 for supplying the date. June 21, 22 is also the All-Asia CWDX test. Hello from your AR Magazine contest columnist, Victor Kido for Tango Juliet Foxtrot. 
starting at 000 Zulu, 21 June, to 2400 Zulu, 22 June, is the All-Asian DX Contest CW, lasting 48 hours. Entry categories for all Australians are single-op, single-sideband, or all-band, or multi-op, single-transmitter, or multi-transmitter. To note, there are no power categories, so if you can, according to your license privileges, go ahead and crank up to 400 watts in your amplifiers. Call CQAA. Exchange for old man's is RST plus age. For YLs, it's either age, or if they don't want to give their age, 00. For multi-operators, it's RST and average age of the operator, or the age of the active operators. Points for us Australians are the completed contacts with Asian stations, and multipliers of the Asian prefixes. For more information, visit Whiskey Alpha 7 Bravo November Mic Contest Calendar and try using November 1 Mic Mic Logging Program. Thanks in 73s. Now from contest, we move to Special Event Stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. Celebrating the World Soccer Cup. To celebrate the 2014 World Cup of Soccer being played in Brazil, Amateur radio stations in that nation have been authorised to use special callsign prefixes now until July the 13th. This by simply doubling the designation number of the original calls. For example, PY1AA could use PY11AA. PS7AA may be heard as PS77AA and the like. Look for activity on all bands and modes that started earlier this week. G0SGB, Madeira Island's lighthouse operation in July. On the air, G0SGB has announced plans to activate all of the Madeira Island's lighthouses from July the 12th to the 22nd. The Madeira Islands are located in the eastern Atlantic Ocean, about 540 miles southwest of Lisbon, Portugal. G0SGB will be operational on all bands as conditions allow. He says that each QSL card will depict the lighthouse he is at, when a QSO takes place. Unfortunately, you do need to QSL direct only. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK for a few Q Inningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Brisbane, it's relayed on 3605 kHz and 147 MHz at 730 pm Mondays. I'm Bruce, VK4EHT. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. NASA has successfully beamed a high-definition video 260 miles from the International Space Station to Earth using a new laser communications instrument. Transmission of Hello World as a video message was the first 175 megabit communication for the optical payload for Lasercom Science, OPALS, a technology demonstration that allows NASA to test methods for communication with future spacecraft using higher bandwidth than radio waves. Optical communication tools like OPALS use focused laser energy to reach data rates between 10 and 1,000 times higher than current space communications, which rely on radio portions of the electromagnetic spectrum. Because the space station orbits Earth at 17,500 miles per hour, transmitting data from the space station to Earth requires extremely precise targeting. The process can be equated to a human aiming a laser pointer at the end of a human hair 30 feet away and keeping it there while walking. 
CQ Ohm is reporting that production of the popular Yaesu FT897D, DM and DS transceivers are to cease. They say there is no immediate plans for a successor model. Navajo co-talker Chester Nez dies at 93. The BBC report the last of the 29 Navajo Americans who developed a code with their native language to encrypt military messages in World War II has died. The code took words from the Navajo language, which was spoken by less than 30 non-Navajos at the time, and matched them to military terms. The Navajo word for turtle became tank, chicken hawk became dive bomber, and our mother meant America. In World War II, talkers used the cipher to relay messages sent from field telephones and radios throughout the Pacific. This month, July, marks the 50th anniversary of the first time that amateur radio signals from the UK reached other parts of the world by bouncing off the moon, a technique now known as moon bounce or Earth Moon Earth EME. In the July 1964 edition of Radio Communications, the RSGB announced that on June 13, 1964, Golf 3 Lima Tango Foxtrot at Chelmsford and Kilo Papa 4 Bravo Papa Zulu in Puerto Rico made contact on 430 MHz by bouncing their signals off the moon. What is more remarkable is that Peter, G3LTF, is still active on moon bounce and is one of the world's leading pioneers. Radio transmitter use with unmanned aeronautical vehicles, UAVs or drones. New Zealand's regulator RSM has published advice on its website regarding the use of UAVs in the country. They say UAVs use radio frequencies for remote control of the airborne device as well as for video and audio streaming from air to ground. Typically, the remote control will be via 433 MHz or 2.4 GHz devices with video and audio being transferred by 5.8 GHz equipment. The transmitters must all comply with the respective licence conditions specified in the General User Licences, GUL, and the Radio Communications Radio Standards Notice 2010. Most equipment is developed offshore and often exceeds the frequency and power limits required in New Zealand, making it illegal to possess or use it. Beware of equipment being offered in the 900 to 1280 MHz area, as this will not comply with New Zealand requirements. The Brazilian Amateur Radio League, LABRE, has filed a request and obtained special permission from Anatel, the Brazilian Telecommunications Authority, for foreign amateurs wishing to operate during the FIFA World Cup. Radio amateurs who visit Brazil for the 2014 FIFA World Cup will be able to be on air without bureaucracy. During June and July, any foreign amateur will be able to operate in Brazil regardless of the existence of reciprocity agreement between countries. No IARP or SEPT licence are necessary and no fees are required. Nice words from Fox News. Some very nice words about amateur radio in emergency communications from none other than Fox News. Amateur radio newslines Bruce Tennant K6PZW has more. According to Fox News reporter Jonathan Seri, when power, phone and internet services go down, a battery-powered amateur radio transceiver and portable antenna can provide that crucial link to the outside world. And that's the theme of his two-minute report on the new role for ham radio that emergency preparedness managers nationwide are adopting. 
Sari hopes that Emory Healthcare in Atlanta is among the growing number of hospital systems to adopt ham radio as a secondary means of communication. He says that hospital administrators and government officials took a lesson from Hurricane Katrina, which left some Gulf Coast medical centers isolated from the outside world as wired telephones and cellular communications failed. Sari interviewed John Davis, WB4QDX, who noted that some of the technology that's been around for almost a century is still relevant. And according to Davis, in addition to major hurricanes, the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, rekindled interest in ham radio as a public safety tool. Reporter Sari noted that the number of amateur operators is at an all-time high of over 720,000 hams licensed here in the United States. All in all, a very positive report on one of the major roles that amateur radio is playing in service to the nation in the 21st century. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bruce Tennant, K6PZW in Los Angeles. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide's southern suburbs, it can be heard on IRLP node 6527, VK5 IRL on 146.450 at 11am and 9pm Sundays. I'm Jenny, VK5 Alpha November Whiskey. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW. Make sure that next week you tune in for Behind the Scenes, a look at CW Ops and a great way that you can come up to speed with Morse. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the Hams Domain. QRZ.com announces right-click Chrome browser extension. Now, if you're a user of Google's Chrome browser, then QRZ.com publisher Fred Lloyd, AA7BQ, has something that will make using his website a lot more efficient and enjoyable. Lloyd announced that he's published a free browser extension that will let you highlight and right-click on a call sign on any web page from any website and instantly perform a QRZ lookup. No copying, pasting or typing of the call sign on a separate page is required. The new app is available right now in the Chrome Web Store. Just search for right-click QRZ. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Young Timers. A youth net means Saturdays at 0100 hours UTC and IRLP Reflector 2 and also the Young Hams Net 3.59 MHz at 7.30pm. Youth Forum Videos on YouTube. Video of the recent Dayton Hamvention Youth Forum is now on YouTube. Presentations include that of Kyle Watt, KD2DWC on rapid antenna deployment and a comparison of radio versus deliberator technology by Divian Misha, KD0OOE. Other lectures from the forum are expected to follow. Showing children our wonderful hobby. The ARRL Kids Day Operating Event, sponsored by the Boring Oregon Amateur Radio Club, was, will be held on Saturday the 21st of June. Kids Day is not a contest, but rather a twice-a-year way for licensed amateurs to share the fun and excitement of our hobby with those who could be the next generation of licensees. What with the time zones, etc.? If you hear CQ Kids Day, then please answer. Up in the Philippines, Amateur Radio Association Para, a member of the IARU, holds its 2014 Para Kids Day in July to expose youngsters to the world of modern ham radio. 
Similar to the other invitations in some other countries, it is a family-friendly venue for existing radio amateurs to Elmer the hobby, showing young people how to make contacts just like they were in a contest. Among the rules are that the young person is to be no more than 15 years of age and always supervised unless they already have a licence. Certificates are issued to qualifying children and sponsoring Elmers. The Parakids Day event logo is a child with a microphone and a tuned circuit. It runs from 8am to 8pm local time, that's 000 UTC to 1200 UTC on July the 19th. Meanwhile, a week-long youth radio camp was also held in Finland this year with presentations, workshops and visits to stations attracting young radio amateurs from 15 different European countries. Germany has a school radio club and a training station day. Youth initiatives are also in the Czech Republic, Finland, Poland and the USA. In Bulgaria and South Africa, there's also youth coordinators to further promote the hobby to the new generation. Worldwide special interest groups low down. Radio Ham's 9 kHz VLF signal crosses the Atlantic. The ARRL report that a signal on 8.971 kHz has spanned the Atlantic from North Carolina to the UK. Running on the order of 150 microwatts effective radiated power, very low frequency experimenter Dex McIntyre W4DEX transmitted signals that were detected by Paul Nicholson, a SWL in the UK. Earlier this year, Nicholson detected McIntyre's WH2XBA-4 experimental service VLF signal on 29.501 kHz. McIntyre needed no FSCC licence to transmit on 8.971 kHz since the Commission has not designated any allocations below 9 kHz, dubbed the Dreamers Band. Nicholson used sophisticated DSP software to detect McIntyre's transmission and the distance was approximately 6,198 kilometres. Nicholson was also able to detect the VLF signal during both daylight and nighttime paths. Worldwide Special Interest Groups ILLW The ILLW is growing steadily. With just 10 weeks to go, the number of International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend registrations are nearly at 280 from 34 countries, putting their premier fun event ahead of this time last year. The first ever registration from Barbados in the Caribbean is South Point Lighthouse, activated by the Amateur Radio Club of Barbados, 8P6AW. The country's oldest lighthouse began life at London's Great Exhibition before being reassembled in 1832. This landmark and tourist attraction features on the Barbados five-cent coin. Among other first-time activations are Peter, VK3ZPF at the Griffin Lighthouse, Carl, M6HPL at the Hartlepool Lighthouse, Newport County Radio Club, W1SYE at the Dutch Lighthouse, and Hans, DK6EA, and Heike, DC2CT, who have registered Spain's Faro de Cabo de Cerillo Lighthouse. Australia with 46 registrations from VK3 on 14, VK7 on 8, VK4 and VK5 with 7 each, VK2 with 6, VK6 is 3 and VK8 is the Henley on Todd Regatta in Alice Springs. Each August, it helps to raise awareness of these historic maritime navigational structures and the need for their preservation and promotes portable amateur radio use.
To learn more about this fun event, which began two decades ago, or to register for the International Lighthouse on Lightship Weekend on August the 16th and 17th, visit the website illw.net. That's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. That does take us to the end of WIA National News. Now, last week, after mentioning that there were no more ham fests in VK until November 15, the one in VK7 at Miana, well, many people have come out of the woodworks. Now, let's see, running through the social scene. July 12 to 13 in VK3, it's Gipps Tech Conference. July 19 in VK3, it's the Hamfest, the Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club. In VK6, August 3, it's Northern Corridor Radio Group's Hamfest. September 13, there's one in VK4, it's at the Sunshine Coast. It's actually at the Wombai School of Arts, run by the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club, that's Sunfest. Hamfest in Adelaide Hills, the Amateur Radio Society at VK5, November 2. That Miana Hamfest is November 15 in VK7. And the Spark Hamfest at Rosebud, November 30, VK3. Also last week, we ran that weird and wonderful story claiming that scientists from the Wyoming Institute of Technology found conclusive evidence that solar panels were draining the sun of its own energy. Now, that generated the largest amount of feedback we've ever received at National News. More feedback than even when we've announced that ACMA or WIA have been raising their fees. And for those that didn't realise it was based on a satirical website story, even after clicking on the link... Don't worry, because that original article even hoaxed the MIT blog who reprinted it as if true. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.